Chandra with the Contemporary Workmanship Company podcast, and today I want to talk about lunging. So lunging is pretty much, pretty much everyone lunges, but there are many, many different ways to do it. So um, it just kind of depends on what your preference is and how your course is and that kind of thing. So um, I'll give you a couple examples of the different kinds of lunging that I do, and then you can kind of take what you want to do and what your horse is comfortable with because all horses are different and not every one method is going to work for every horse. So um, the first one I'm going to talk about is just regular, I guess, classic uh, natural horsemanship one thing. So actually I should say, I'm not going to talk about um, traditional lunging because I think it's <laughs> So... I could be wrong. Um, I have never used it and in the way that they, the traditional people teach it, I haven't used it to any end. Like, I've done it and nothing happened. Like, I didn't like it. And as far as transition to traditional, I'm talking about let's put the lunge rein up through, like, attach the snaffle up over the pole and just lunge around and make put side lines, or not side lines, side reins onto a third single, or have the whole Casola situation, and, and just kind of run, run around, um, I didn't like any of that, um, I've had, I've tried all those things, and I've tried other things where you put, um, I'm not sure exactly what you call it, but it's, um, from Julie Goodnight, she has something where it's like, goes over the pole in between their front legs, uh, many years ago. Um, it's like supposed to help put their head down and I'm just like, you know, trying whatever and none of those things, um, help me. Um, and I, I don't want to use those at all anymore and if you want to, that's fine. That's not my place to tell you not to. I didn't like it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think the horse is worth anything valuable for from it. That's just my opinion. So, um, as far as the traditional lending, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, I don't think it works. Um, but be sure of. So, as far as normal, what is like mainstream, like natural horsemanship lunging, um, I tweak it a bit. So, I do regular um, natural horsemanship lunging, what they call lunging, regular lunging, and then I do um, where I do the same thing, but I integrate clicker training, and then I do the same kind of thing, but with targets. So, it's like three different ways, and I'm sure you can do it um but that's how I do it so and you can take pieces of this and mix it up and you don't have to use the clicker training if you don't want to that's up to you but I like it it helps decipher what is super important to the horses and what isn't and it just helps with them to learn so first one is just regular natural horsemanship lunging um but Aaron does it probably does it they'll do it somewhat differently um everybody else does it uh I really like Warwick Schiller's version of it. I think it's the best one, and then I add in a little bit of extra stuff to that. Um, so if you're going to lunge your horse, um, let's just say your horse is facing you, looking at you, and you're both facing each other. So you want to send them off to your left. So you're going to pick up your um, lead line. And, uh, 12-foot lead line works good. If you want a lunge line, that's fine. If you just have a lead rope, that's fine. But your, the horse is not going to have a lot of room to move if you're on a short line. So I don't do anything 
really short line because it just doesn't really work real. So a 12 foot line I really like best. And then if you have a horse that really knows how to lunge or maybe needs a bit more space to move out. So like um, my off the track thoroughbred is going to have a hard time balancing themselves on a smaller circle. Um, so if you have a horse like that, I would put them on a lunge line or just an older horse that kind of knows the deal and you're figuring out some things, you have to put them on a lunge line too. So, you're going to off the left, you're going to pick up on your lunge line, and you're going to pick your arm up and lift it out to your left. You're going to be pointing out that way. You don't actually point with your fingers. You don't need to do that. You're just lifting the rein up. And so you're, the goal is to make contact with the horse's halter. So you're taking the slack out of that rope and steering him, his head off to your left. So you're, you're, you're using your steering cue there, which is the same cue you use under saddle, up your rein and ask your horse's head to So that's your first step. Then you're going to step toward your horse's left shoulder. So he's facing you, you're sending him to his right to your left. So you're going to take one step, so your hands up, nothing's happening. You're going to step one step toward your shoulder. And then once you've done that, then you can use your stick or you can use the end of your um, lead line and like kind of twirl it towards his shoulder or spin it toward there um, or you can use your lunch whip or your training stick whatever um, and do the same thing or you can tap him on the shoulder and just kind of get that shoulder unstuck and move over onto the circle so you're going to step forward and then you're going to ask with um, that other tool so you're either the end of your lead rope or your stick and, uh, and push that shoulder over so you're going to keep tapping or twirling the ground. Like if you're going to ask with the stick, you're going to twirl it toward him. Um, and then you're going to maybe do two circles with it and then kind of tap him on the shoulder with it and keep tapping until it moves over. Um, I would just keep tapping and then wait until it moves over. You don't need to increase it and really whack it on him. You don't need to do that. So you can just go ahead and keep tapping. And then when he steps over, just release. So as soon as he steps over, you're gonna release, and he should take a step over to his right, to your left, and over and away from you on uh, the track of the circle. But that would be your goal. Um, some horses are gonna take one step, and then they're gonna stop. And so that's fine. Then you just start all over and ask him again, and then they'll start to maintain it. Um, and especially once you get the, the hips going and the forward cue going. But, um, they usually are going to take one step and just probably stop, or they'll just keep on going. Either way, so once you've got your horse's front end moved over, then you're going to ask the hind end. So um, you've taken that one step toward his shoulder, so say he's moved off towards your left, then he's gonna, you're going to want him to keep going forward and around on that circle, but you want the hips to step over as well. So you're going to take one more small step as his hips come in front of you towards his hips, so toward his flank where the hair grows up, walking and stepping toward his back. So you're going to, from the beginning, you're going to use your left arm, let's take the slack on the rope, step one step toward his, his left shoulder, he's going to step over, you're going to take one more step once his leg gets in front of you, and kind of pick up on the lead rope to where um, you're going to kind of go up and toward his hips. You're going to take your arm, your hand up and toward his hip, 
just slightly to where he puts a bend in his neck and his nose bends for you, and that's going to disengage that hip, that uh, hind, left hind leg is going to cross in front of the right hand. And that's what you want. You want him to kind of step over. It's going to be two parts. So you're going to want the shoulders over, and you're going to want the hips over, and then they're going to track on the circle. And they'll have a, a little bit of bend in them. So there's two parts to that. And if you leave the hips out, it makes it kind of tough because there, there, a lot of horses are going to want to point them at you. So, like, they're going to travel with their shoulders kind of outside of the circle and their hips on the inside of the circle. And um, if the horse doesn't really want to go forward or maybe you're nagging at them or something, the horse might want to kick out at you or you know, kind of throw a fit. So, this is something to think about. You want to really move those hips out of the way. And then it also creates that bend for horses that you, re you really want to keep that bend while you're lunging. You're really going to step underneath themselves and use their body. Um, lastly, it gives you their attention. So lots of times when they're lunging, and this is why I don't talk about traditional lunging really, because there's no attention to it. The horses can just go around and around and, you know, you basically are hoping that the contraction you have on the horse is going to help whatever issue that you have with them or whatever you're trying to accomplish, but they can just go around in mindless circles and they're not paying attention to you, they're not really learning anything, and that's where I just don't really, I don't really like it. But when you have the horse to have to bend and cross over himself and move those body parts, then he's going to create that bend and create the attention on you and be like, oh, this someone's asking me to do something. Yes, what should I do? So that's what, um, have that attention to. The attention is super important. Um, without it, like, you're, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the key portions of their attention. If you don't have their attention, then like, there's not a whole lot you can do because, um, like when a horse is just staring off and maybe their friends are over there and they're away from them and they're just staring at them and you're pulling on their halter and nothing is happening, that's where the attention comes from. So, um, if you have their attention or you can get their attention, then you can do things with them, but if you don't, then you can't. So, um, but that helps with that. And certain horses are, you know, more distracted than others, so if your horse is really distracted all the time, um, making sure they maintain that bend and they, and they send off well every time is going to be really important. Um, want to maintain it all the time, but for those horses that want to be really looky and spooky, then you want to make sure that they're listening to you, they have that bend, and then they have that ear on you. So, um, where the horse's attention goes, the ears go. So, it's obviously really easy to, to see that when you're under saddle and you can see above them and you, you, know, you can tell where their ears are. But when you're lunging them, it's also equally important to see where their ears are. So I want that one ear to be on me, that inside ear, or at least like flicking on me occasionally. If it doesn't, um, and if the horse is gone um, about five seconds, or I'll count to about five, I'll, I'll first just be aware of it. So if your horse is ear straight and he's staring at something, okay, so you notice it. I usually like to count five. If his attention hasn't just come back on to me naturally, I will pick up on the lead line and just pick up on it. Let's lift it up. It's make contact with the halter and his attention should come back to me he should like an ear just for a second that's completely fine it doesn't have to stay on me i just want to be like i want to have the ability to say hey um, hello like i want you to come back to me nicely and nice and easily too not bumping on their face just pick up 
okay, are you there? Yes, he answers, or no, he doesn't. So, that's what I'm looking for there. So, I'm just picking up, and then, oh, are you there? Okay, yes. So, as soon as I get that ear click, I'm just going to let the lunge um, line go. So, I do let the lunge line just kind of, um, it'll drag on the ground sometimes. I definitely like slack in it. I don't, obviously don't want it dangerous to where it's going to get tangled on or stepped on or get in their way, but I do want it loose because I want the horse to have somewhat of a choice as far as um, leaving goes. Like, I want them to be like, if you want to drift this way, if you have a magnet this way, then yeah, you can drift that direction, and then I know I have some information like, oh, my horse wants to drift for the or oh, my horse is moving away from this. Um, and then it's also just the stepping stone to bridal up work, or liberty work if you're on the ground, I guess. Um, but I really like to do it with a loose connection or just like a, a loose lead line with some slack in there. So I'll have the slack on, and then as soon as I get my horse's ear flicked on me, I'll just let go again. So I just want every so often the ear flicks on me because I don't want them staring off and then... Um, they're kind of like little kids, like they'll look out the window, like they're looking over here, and they're like, then they kind of get absorbed in that thing. So you want them to look, and then, oh, okay, well, come back to you. So always coming back to you, because that's, that's the main focus there. They really got to focus on you. Um, you're the rider and the trainer, and you're, you're handling them, so they really need to pay attention to what you're doing. So that's super important. All right, so now that they're going around on the circle, you want them to slow down and speed up. So, um, once they're going, you want to stay in that same position where you set them off from. So your belly button, like you're going to be facing the flank, so where the hair goes up, right before the hind leg, that's where you're going to be facing. So you don't want to be facing in front of the horse, like at his neck, at his head, anywhere in front of the shoulders. So it's going to do two things. It's going to put pressure on them. So some horses, um, especially like mustangs and things, uh, wilder ones. Uh, if you are putting pressure when you're lunging kind of on their face, they'll, they feel that. They'll feel like you're coming toward them, like you're being kind of predatory, and they could, they want to get away from you. So, kind of where you see um, horses jumping fences and stuff, um, sometimes that's what they're doing is the, the person is putting too much pressure on them, and it can be a form of like they're walking toward their head. Um, some horses are not going to be quite that intense but they will want to stop or they're going to want to turn. And that's just natural. And you're going to use that to stop and turn them. But you want to be aware of your body position because you don't want to be in that position all the time. So your belly button is going to be lined up with the flank and you're going to be walking forward slowly. So you're going to make a small circle in the sand. Um, and you just want to go forward all the time. You definitely don't want to step backwards. Backwards is going to draw your horse towards you. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because at some point you want to step back and have that horse draw in just like you would in a round pen and get their attention. You want a lot, you want draw a lot of the time when you're catching and things like that. Um, when you're lunging, you don't because the horse ends up on top of you. And it's, a lot of people have trouble with it because it's just a habit. They don't realize that they're doing it and they're stepping backwards and they're like, my horse is lunging too close, I don't know what to do. So that's going to be your main thing. Taking small steps forward in that little circle. Because you want to think of it kind of as you're pushing them away. You're hurting them away from you with every step. So you're, you're following them and saying, yes, keep circling me, move away from me. So um, 
you're going to keep walking around in that circle and maintaining that nice little circle with the, with the forward motion. Um, from there, if you're going to speed up, um, I use I use walk, trot, and canter as cues, like the voice cue itself. I also use like kiss cues to go with it. So my walk cue would be walk or walk on, and then just a regular like little click. And then my trot cue is trot or so I usually say trot and then use the um, the sound cue, and I do that every single time. And then I'll put my leg on or or use my lunge whistle if I'm lunging. So for canter, um, if I'm asking him to canter in the round him on one line and on their back, so they always are consistent, I would say canter and then I kiss like that. And it's the same thing every time, but I don't continually do it. So the key with um, voice cues and um, or sound cues, anything like that, is that the horses have to be able to discriminate between what the cue is and what just your regular sounds are. So like if you're talking to your friend or you're on the phone or like if I'm teaching somebody I'm telling them what to do like you want to not say those words in that same tone um unless you're asking for something so like you, you know what tones are different like with people like like you, your mom can tell you hey don't, just don't do that um and just like a regular tone you're like okay and you don't do that but you're fine you know when she has like a certain tone she's like don't do that you know <laughs> like you cross the line there so it's not it's not that same thing like the horse doesn't know that he's crossed the line that's not the example it's just that you know the different tones mean different things so, like you can be talking like to your friend or whatever and then be like canter and then do it and they'll go and then she go off canter but you also don't want to get stuck with canter 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 and like or keep continually kissing to the horse because you're just desensitizing them to that sound. So you got to be really careful with those things. So you want to hold yourself to one voice. So like I say, canter, I kiss, that's it. Um, if the horse doesn't go forward from that, I'm going to back it up, as in this lunging example, with my lunge whip um, until he gets to the canter. Once he gets to the canter, if he breaks back down, I will start again. Um, if he continually does it and it's a habit, I won't start again. Um, I will just use my whip. But if it's not a habit, if he's just learning it, then I will every time. So he learns and associates that cue with that movement. So um, that's just a tip for that. Um, so once he's walking on the circle, you're in the correct body position, you're going to ask him to trot. You can be whatever. You can say whatever you want. You can say potato every time you want. As long as you stay with the same thing, they're going to do it. Um, most people like voice cues on the horse. I feel like, I really like it because sometimes horses will get too, maybe too amped up at a kiss cue. So it depends on your horse. So if you have something that's really forward, maybe stay away from the kissing because they might be like, um, they might want to jump into their transition or just put too much energy in it. So the same would be true with the lazy horse though. So if you have something that's really lazy, you might want to use the kiss um, cue. So, that's up to you. I like to use voice cue and then the kiss cue. So then later on, if they go to a different home and they're sold, they can kind of use either one because they know both of them. So it's just personal preference. So like do, you just got to be consistent with it. So um, in this case, we're going to ask the trot. So I'm going to say trot and then I'm going to click twice. So and then I'm going to use my stick. And they're going to be right one after right one right after another one. So um, so it'll just be like that, and I'll use my stick, 
I'm going to swing my stick toward, I'm going to lift it, and then I'm going to swing it toward my horse, and then I'm going to, I usually swing about two times where I'm just kind of smacking the ground before I'll, I'll like tap my horse on the butt with it. Um, if my horse still is not trotting, I'm just going to continue to tap until he moves into the truck. Um, the same, same thing for the canner, I'm just going to say canner and kiss, and then I'm going to use my whip in the same way. So, you just got to be consistent with it. So, especially when you're using a whip and you're asking your horse to go forward, you're using negative reinforcement. So, it's super important of when you release. So, you want to make sure that as soon as that horse goes into the canner, like, a barely gets into the canner stride, you stop tapping him. Quit asking. Because then he's like, oh, okay, this one, all right, what did I do to make the pressure go away? That's what they're thinking about. So you gotta really pay attention because you don't want to keep tapping and they get into the canner and you're still tapping because they're gonna be confused and be like, oh, well, the pressure didn't go away. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Some horses might get frustrated if it's constantly doing that um, and they might just completely refuse to go forward. They might kick out. They might try to pull away. So a lot of those behaviors can be from this, um, a horse that's just confused. So just be sure to release the pressure as soon as they get into that. Um, upward transition. So, basically your horse is trotting now. Um, from the trot, like, we're going to ask it to come back down. So, <laughs> you can go back with the voice you skin. And you can do the same thing for a downward transition. They can them walk and then step back and have them kind of, they'll draw into you, but they will slow down first. So, I like to use the step back and I like to use the hind quarter heel. So I'm going to kind of explain the step back first. So just for example, if my horse is at a walk and he's lunging around me, I'm going to go from that forward walking in a circle position to stepping straight backwards. So um, I'm going to step back and then I'm going to wait for my horse to come into me. So I'm going to keep my hands on the lead rope um, in the same position that they were before. So I'm not going to like pull, pull my hands closer or short the rope. I'm going to step back. So that's giving my horse time to respond to my body language. So my body language is saying, hey, come in here, pay attention. I'm asking you to do something by stepping back and drawing in. And then if he doesn't respond in those few steps where I've backed up, then my lead rope, just holding it, the slack will come out and he'll have some pressure there as I can take a couple steps back. And um, I'll just kind of hold and wait until he comes off that pressure and then lead up on the lead. And then I'm just gonna, when your horse is facing you and stops, just let him hang out and relax. So ideally, I like the horse to just stand there until it relaxes. So I'm standing there facing you. I want the ears to come forward and flick on you. And then I'm gonna wait until, until like at least lower his head neck. So I want a sign of relaxation. I want him to lower his head. I want him to lick his lips. I'd like him to blow his nose. Like to do one of those things before I set them off again. So that's just making sure your horse is mentally present um, and making sure he can come from, he can go from being a little worried maybe to being relaxed. And it depends on the horse. Some horses, um, well, they're going to take longer than others. So I would just wait and just hang out with them. You don't have to do anything. I would just maintain attention. So if your horse starts staring off, I would just move backward or move to side until their attention flicks to you and then just pause and wait for them to run out. So um, once they relax, then you can send them off the other way or you can send them back onto your left. It's 
Um, it depends on what you're working on, what you're doing. Um, if your horse leaves one direction, send them off the other. So if he decides, oh, I'm, he's anticipating, like, oh, I'm going to go to left, then just send him off to your right. So then he's always kind of on his toes. He's always like, oh, well, I thought this was right, but it's not. So I'm just going to you. So that's the goal there, to um, make sure that your horse is always paying attention to you. Um, if they don't want to stand still and relax, then they're probably, they're thinking about something else. So try to kind of step toward his hind quarters, get his attention, and then just kind of wait until he relaxes. So if the horse walks off onto the plunging circle without you asking, he's anticipating, um, and you send him to the opposite side, he's just always wanting to go forward, um, just step toward his hip, feel his hind quarters, and then just wait for him to, like, have him face you, and then wait for him to relax. So say he goes off to your right, and you didn't ask him to go. So you're step toward his hip, um, he, he should disengage, he should face you, his ears should flick towards you, and then you're just going to stand there and wait. So every time he leaves, you're going to need to regain his attention and then wait to relax. So this can be a, just a process in itself, but um, if your horse wants to kind of always go and leave you, that, that's going to be a way to get back. Um, so I would definitely stick to the walk first, make sure you can draw them in from the walk, and then move up to the trot and canter. Um, a few things for the trot or the canter is going to be, it's going to be hard to maintain on a small circle. So, always take into account your horse's age, what he's doing, his experience, what's his discipline before you do a ton of lunging. Um, I, I like to lunge, but it's for a few minutes every day and that's it. So, um, I would just make sure he, did, he doesn't need to do 20 laps with the camera, that's unnecessary. He can do a few laps. But um, I would find a starting place and then go from there. So, if the horse wants to rush in the camera, like, have them do one stride, back up, draw, and then let them relax. And then build up two strides, three strides, and so on. So, you want to really set him up for success there. You don't want to get him into the canter and then he just runs. That would be really bad. So, we don't want that. Because um, the longer he goes, then the more frantic they're going to be. Um, you want to interrupt them. So, that one stride, okay, then he comes back in line. And then two strides, he comes back in line. So, he's thinking canter, run. Tanner and relax versus Tanner and then run and then panic. So we just want to break that up then. So um, you, know, you just want to do the same routine with all the gates. Um, and if they aren't paying attention to you when you step back, you're just going to again pull that lead rope and then they'll just kind of find the end of it and come into your own. But it, once you practice that, they're going to find where they get rest. And when you back up, they draw into your rest. So they'll probably figure that out really quickly. So that is the overall basic um, natural horse and training. Um, so I'll talk about this time um, or lunging. And then uh, the next part, I'm going to talk about the integrating the clicker training. So I like to integrate the clicker training. Um, I think it helps clarify things, but we're going to go over that next time. So if you want to use the natural horsemanship way, this is how I like to do it. Um, and then we'll 